Do you ever imagine what it was like when Jesus said, I would have gathered you. I would have drawn you together. But you wouldn't. How often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks. Imagine that. But you wouldn't. And uh, I have a number of things that I could say, might say, won't say. Um, but my heart is to gather. <laughs> When I uh, knew that I was due to speak here and I've known everything that's going on and I know when I've talked, I've been with Paul and Corinne this week and uh, on Friday night and we've been together and uh, I've been with Adam and Faith. And all, I know, I've done it all. I know it all, all right? I don't know it all. I just know. Okay. Now, what Jesus said to the woman at the well, she, the woman at the well said, Come see a man who told me I, everything I ever did. And you think, how did you do that? You only got one thing right. But I know, all right? And I feel quite, as you can tell, I feel quite. <laughs> it's not good for the TV. Gather. Listen to these words. For those of you who like beer, you're very welcome to join me. It says this in the Bible. And from there they continued to beer. It's in the Bible. Yorkshire bitter, you know, all that. That is the well of which the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together. So that I may give them water. I'm not here to give you water. I'm not here to speak. I'm here to try and say to us, let's gather together that the Spirit of God can give us water. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O oh well. It's a great song. Spring up, O oh well. Sing to it. Did you think where, Did you think when you were singing this morning what you were singing to? Were you singing to the overhead? Were you singing to God? But sing, sing it here as well. Sing to it. Come on, spring up, spring up, spring up, spring up. The well that the princes made, that the nobles of the people dug with the scepter and with their staff. We are at that moment of time in this story of the children of Israel, we are in a new stage, a new development, a new era. And uh, it's nice of Adam to say that I might know the times and understand what they are. But let me tell you, times, they are a changing. If you would go on the web and you were to just 
type in the word deconstruction, you will come up with reams of stuff of people who are deconstructing. Deconstructing. My neighbour, Pam, she's not a Christian. Uh, She said to me the other day, because we have these conversations every now and again, she said, I think Christianity's finished. I said, yeah, I can accept that. But you know, but, but I know what she means. What we used to know, and I am talking with a little, I'm not going to crack the experience over you, but what I used to do, what I used to know, I have had to just let it go, start again. I had a friend. No, I'm I'm so old now. Does anyone remember Morris Smith? 5555. The book was called 5555 because that was the year he got saved. And Morris Smith got into a taxi in London one day and he said, can I go to so-and-so? And the taxi driver said, you can't get there from here. Think about it. You can't get there from here. And he goes, excuse me, I must be able to. No, no. You can't get there from here. I've never forgotten. When I was preparing for this, I thought that I remember that. Because sometimes we feel in a lockjam as people of God. What's going on? What's happening in the world? What's this, that? What's that? You can't get there from here. Yes, you can. Because the Spirit of God can lead us and direct us and guide us. So they gathered together. And let me just point a little picture how I see things. Um, I told some of my stories. I got stories. I got stories. So what? So what? Now is the important time. I was just saying, who was I saying to? Um, name, name. Give me your name. Huh? Silla, that's right. Um, I wish I'd got a book like this. I wish I'd written Eckhart Tolle. Anyone heard of Eckhart Tolle? He's written a book called The Power of Now. Because the only time you have is now. Do you know how many copies he sold? 12 million. I wish I'd got that book. I wish I'd got that book. And he's not a Christian per se. His clue is in the name Eckhart, who... Oh, say, middle uh, 1300, mystic, Eckhart, Meister Eckhart. Now, you only have now. I only have now. And we can dwell on the past and we think of the good old days. You want to talk good old days? I could talk good old days. Don't want to talk good old days because I've only got now. And I can only go from there... The future, which belongs to me, it says, everything belongs to me. I can only go into the future from now. I could, I've, got to, I've got to, that's why Paul says, putting the things that are behind, we press towards the mark, which uh, Tyler Deschardin, if you want to know that, said, hello, um, said, we're going to the omega point. Jesus is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the omega point. I don't know what's going on in the world. That's not my worry. And I don't believe we're in the end times. I think we could be another thousand years here. I think the millennium might be, we might be here a long time. But in the end, I know that 
there is going to come a time when the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And there's, let me tell you, don't be fooled. There's plenty of news around. We might talk a little bit about it. Plenty of news around. There's a lot of good news, but it's not all in church. In fact, quite a lot of it's not in church. So, uh, the times. We're living in incredible times of shaking. We should expect that. We can say, well, the kingdom, wonderful kingdom, the kingdom of God. But God said, once more, I will shake the heavens and the earth so that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. So everything can be shaken so that in the end we find the kingdom which is within us. You only have to look at the Church of England, and I'm not making comments on it. I just, just look at it. Read some of the stuff, and you know, it's being shaken to the core. The established church is rocking. And take the Pope, bless his heart. He's a little prophet, too. Well, he's a big prophet, actually. But um, he's, he's stirring it up and going, I don't know about this, but this is what I think. And I think we should have married priests, and I think we should, have, we should you know, bless gay marriages. And they're going, oh, what? What? Because why? He is shaking years and years and years of tradition. And whilst we love tradition, the only thing about tradition is it makes the word of God of none effect. That's in the Bible. In the end, we can do things for the sake of our tradition and lose it. I, uh, I won't go into my life. Um, it's not about me, but... I've been shaken to the roots. Everything. And I might have said, I don't know. I, did, I, did we talk about the prodigal when I was here last time, Adam? Did we? I don't You don't remember. That, that was a good word then, wasn't it? <laughs> I found myself three years ago, and I'm not, I'm not after sympathy. I found myself three years ago standing in front of a group of leaders and saying, I think I can say I've lost everything for the sake of gaining Christ. Paul said, I have suffered the loss of all things for the sake of gaining Christ. And I wrote to Adam when he spoke on the prodigal, and I said, good word. It's right on the button. Because there you are in the pigsty going, what's this all about? Because I had a period of time in my life, and you know, don't feel sorry for me, and I'm not, don't need to feel sorry for, but uh, where I was counting it off, one, two, three, four, yep, and then finally I lost my wife. And don't don't go sympathy on me because I don't feel like that. But I I found myself saying to somebody, uh, some of my friends, you know, like you do it to friends, don't you? Uh, I feel like the elder brother. I feel like I've done everything you've told me, but should you tell me where that party is? That's what I felt. I've done everything. I'm seriously, I've done everything. But could you tell me where this party is? The only trouble is, as we know, your mouth starts directing your life. And in the end, I found myself in the pigsty. God said, do you want to know where the party is? Well, it, you've, got to, you've got to find it. Now, 
here, here's something which we might talk about. Well, no, we won't do that. Well, no, anyway, I went through this sort of process, and um, I, I did, you know, I picked up on what Adam was preaching on. And, but there's one point where it says this. And when he came to himself. Oh. When he came to himself, he said. So people say, well, he goes back to the father's house. No, he came back to himself because the father is in him. <laughs> and the father was already drawing. So the moment he starts to turn, the father comes and embraces him. And I'm not saying I've arrived, but I'm getting there. Or I think I'm, I think I'm in, I've got my foot in the door anyway. I think I'm home. Can you remember, do, 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 do you remember? Um, do you remember the days of celebrities? We can reel them off. Somebody said, you said to me, didn't you? Look, all those names and all those names. Oh, yeah, I got stories, man. I'm telling you, I got stories. So-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Where are they now? How many people... And I don't say this with any gloating. How many people did I know and we look up to who in the end are no longer? Why? Because God is not into celebrities. He's into you. He wants you to do it. And we used to go, if we get so-and-so, so-and-so will happen. No, he's after you. He's after you. Uh, we had one very, very famous evangelist at the King's Centre once. Thousands of people streaming out of the way. We had one person saved, one person die, and that was it. <laughs> huh? What's that all about? I mean, I mean, rocking it. You know, they were everywhere. But one person saved and one person died. And he had a word of knowledge about it, which wasn't very good. But anyway, why? Because in the end... God is not after celebrities. He's after you. He's after each one of you. He's not after you sitting in a chair on a Sunday morning. He's not after you being here. He's after you reaching out to your neighbor, your friend, your person, and touching their lives. Gather the people together. And we can read lovely stories and think we can have our heroes and we can go, well, that's just wonderful. But that's not where it's at. It's at where are you? Where am I? And we're in one of those interesting phases, I would say. Yeah. Are you right? Are you going to give me your biscuit? Oh. Are you with me? It's not about me. I'm not going to do anything. You do it. You do it. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can cleanse the lepers. You can cast out demons. Because God has already placed his spirit within you. And the rea reality of this verse is this, that the children of Israel, they have had their Moses, and they've had, yeah, oh, no, I, no, no, I said, wait a minute. They've had their Moses, and Moses could, he could produce the works. Yeah, well, he had a rod and banging rocks and water was gushing out. And all of a sudden, it ain't happening anymore. Why? Because they've got to drink from their own well. 
They've got to drink from their own well. If the church, if the body of Christ, if the people of God are really going to, uh, what shall I say, come into their fullness, it ain't going to be because some magic revival's going to happen. It's because in the end, you touch that person. You reach that person. One by one by one. I, uh, I, I won't boast about. I think the largest crowd I ever preached to was 5,000 people. So what? They've probably all forgotten me now. The reality is I've had more intimate moments with neighbours and people who don't know Jesus. Moments where they would go, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. And that's where we are as the body of Christ. Oh, I want you to come to church. I don't want to come to church. That's it. We switch that one off. I want relationship. I want friendship. And, I, and I've had to learn. I'm not an evangelist. You've probably gathered that already, but I'm not an evangelist. I, I'm not like that, but I can see people. So, listen to these words. Now, about 10 years ago, I think it was my, people might disagree with me, I thought it was the best preaching I'd ever done. Only trouble is I didn't know what I was saying. Didn't understand it. I'm getting there slowly. Listen to these words. So let no one boast in men. Hello, 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 hello. Don't boast in men, for everything belongs to you. Who is Paul? Who is Apollos? Who is Cephas? All the world, all life, all death, all the present, all the future. It all belongs to you. And you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. I have, you know, I've, I've, heard, some, I've heard some people introduce me. I think, it, I think I must do my funeral. It's like a eulogy. <laughs> so, where's my box? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're talking about me. But here, listen, let no one boast in men. And I honor, I, I, I can do the honor thing, I, I get that, but don't boast about me. Because in the end, we're left with that leads me, I've got so-and-so to do it, so-and-so to do it. Someone's going to come and help us do this, do that, do the other. No, it all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. The future belongs to you, as long as you don't let the past catch up with you. That's a word of wisdom. Now, about, uh, I did tell a story last night. They c they're allowed to tell you, but I'm not telling it on here. They'll, they'll tell you how I got this story. But that they'll, 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 leaders and trustees last night, but I did tell them the story how I got this. About 35 years ago, was it 35 years ago? About 35 years ago, I was in a meeting. We won't go with that one, who that was. A good friend of mine, he's still a friend of mine, and I love him to bits. But I was, this man came to our church and he, he said these words The future of the church is to be found in John 4. 35 years ago. I read John's Gospel probably every week. And I also 
recognize that the future of the church is to be found in John 4. And I'm sharing with you not just words, I'm sharing life. I live it, eat it, drink it, sleep it. I told a group the other day, a group that I meet with on a Sunday, I said, well, when, when I go, whenever I go, I don't plan to yet, Lee, but they'll probably put a well on top of my... Because that's all I want. John 4 is the future of the church. And you and I are part of it. So now, um, somebody's got to go at 12 o'clock, and they were very nice of you to say, who's the one who's got to go at 12 o'clock? He said, don't think I've offended. Who's that one? Oh, okay. I won't be offended, but I've only got 13 points. (laughs) Is that all right? (laughs) But we're doing quickly. You you go read read through John 4. Don't take that long. It says these words in John 4. We better turn to it, Derek. Come on. Let's get your act together. John 4. Now, it says this. John 4 starts with now. Now. Now, when Jesus heard, listen carefully. Now, when Jesus heard that the Pharisees were saying he baptized more disciples than John, he left. Greek word, he divorced that. Now, John was the big, big evangelist. He was the, he was the one of his day. Multitudes were coming, but John was only a preparer. He was only a herald of his coming. And I, won't, I can be quite controversial about that, but John was, there, there is a gospel according to John. There was the guy in the, in the Acts of the Apostles who said, they said, have you been baptized? He said, I only know the baptism of John. So John was not the complete package, even though he was the celebrity of his day. And John, Jesus, quite deliberately divorces himself from the numbers game. He baptized more disciples than John. You know, he was baptizing one. He, dis- he, he left. And watch with me. So he had, he had, he had to pass through Samaria. Now, he didn't have to because actually the tradition was you did a circular route because if not, you were likely to get beaten up. But he had to go through Samaria. The, the, the saviour of the world, folks, had to go through Samaria. Why? Because something's drawing him. And he comes to a place called Sychar. Excuse me, this is a bit like beer. It's called Sychar, means drunkenness. So he comes to the place of drunkenness. And he comes to this place, and that, you know, you all that don't know, on the in the day of Pentecost, what does it say? He said, the, "You're not drunk as you suppose, as we as you suppose." Well, we're not denying we're drunk. We're just not drunk as you suppose. This is a work of the Spirit, and Jesus is already aware the Spirit of God has drawn him to Sychar. Now, listen to me, and I. As he goes past, there is a. A woman, a woman comes along, just one woman, 
the Savior of the world, just one person. You know, uh, however mem- how many of you remember Yonggi Cho? I think it was the largest church in the world at one time, probably not now. Did anyone ever remember that Yonggi Cho was dying of TB in a hospital and one woman went and prayed for him and he was healed? See, sometimes ones are important. Just one person. And this person is the most important person in the world at this moment of time to Jesus. The saviour of the world is sitting by a well. And the saviour of the world is weary. He's tired. Let me say, it's okay to be tired. It's okay to be tired as a church. It's okay to have moments, seasons where you think, oh, for goodness sake. Don't you ever think like that? Oh, for goodness sake, what's going on here? It's okay. It's okay to be thirsty. And he sits by a well, weary with his journey. And I am finding people, a number of people, quite a lot of people, actually a lot of people, who frankly are just weary with the journey. There's plenty of stuff to keep me weary. Watch the television. Just read the newspapers. Weary with the church. Oh, for goodness sake, we're supposed to be, you know, triumphant and glory to God and hallelujah and more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hallelujah. And we're clapped out. Tired. Weary with the journey. And Jesus, the saviour of the world, is sitting down. No pressure. He's just weary with his journey. He has walked 20 miles, by the way. This woman comes past. She says, um, hey. Doesn't even say please. She says, give me, some, give me a drink. Give me a drink. I was saying yesterday, <laughs> it's quite funny, really. Um, I got, well, got out of the bedroom at Premier Inn. And there's this cleaner there. She says, I just don't get it. Now that is, I just don't get it. I go, you don't get what? I just don't get it. Okay. I said, you don't get it. I said to her this morning, did you get it? She said, yeah, thanks. <laughs> there are people. This woman is sitting there. She sees this tired man. He's not glimmering and shimmering and He's tired. Weary with his journey. And I am meeting Christians and believers and disappointed believers and disappointed Christians who are going, I'm just tired of all this. And that's okay. As long as you don't lose heart. Mm. See, you could get so weary with everything that's going on and the pressures that in the end you've lost heart. No, you're told to be weary, but don't lose heart. Your heart will keep ticking, hopefully. Just remember the times now, so don't have a heart attack right now. But now. Can you, can you give me a cup of cold water? Just, just. I, I, the other day, now, you know, I, this is... I um, 
I was just going out in, into the car park of the flats where I live, and the lady next door to me, and I'm aware that I'm a single man or whatever I am, a widower or whatever, and she's a widow, and she's walking in the car park, and she said, I said, how are you? She said, oh, I'm really tired. I feel really depressed. I feel sad. I feel sad. So I'm going out to buy some flowers. I said, I didn't deliberately. I went, I'll buy you some flowers. I'll buy you some flowers. No, no, no. I said, I'll buy you some flowers. So when I'm down in the supermarket, I'm in Morrison's, I see a bunch of roses and I give them to her. No strings attached. And she said, Listen to this. She said, Is that you being godly? I'm going, hey, Jesus, this stuff works. <laughs> this stuff works. A cup of cold water. Just a cup of cold water. And it touched her heart. Right? This is Jesus' calling card. Just give me a drink. Has it ever occurred to you that you're not here in church even to get something from him, but to give something to him? That he, it says in the word, he will see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And people, you know, we're like, we, we, we want to come to church. It's got to be a good church. It's got to be, I want the best worship. I want the best children's ministry. I want the best. Oh, so we're into consumerism now, are we? What about him? What about what he's done? What about what he's accomplished? What about... Thank you, Jesus. I'm not here because I've got to come to church on Sunday morning. I'm not here because I'm religious. I want to give you my best. Give me a drink. And you've got to watch. You'll have to read it afterwards. But there's a little, there's a little thing going on here. She thinks he's talking about water. He's talking about something else. Because this man who's weary with his journey is now, he's starting to come alive again. How is it that you, a Jew, would talk to me, a Samaritan? Oh. How is it that you, a Christian, would talk to me, a gay? How is it that you, a Christian, would hug a lesbian? How is it that you would, a Christian, how is it that you would... Spend time with me. We have a man who, we called him the man on the bench, Philip. Philip used to drink great big bottles of white cider, two or three bottles a day, drunk most of the time, urinating the streets and everything. We'd go to him, Philip, why do you spend time with me? Because we love you. And Philip, Philip came to the Lord, cleaned up everything else. And I'll never forget Philip's face. I'll never forget it. And he looked at me and he said, it's not about me going to hell, Derek. I'm in hell now. I'm in hell now. And there are people out there, we'll go, oh, your problem is you're an alcoholic. No, 
their problem is drink. They were drug, no, their problem is drugs, but that's not them. And Jesus already sees something in this person. How is it that you, a Samaritan, a Jew would talk to me, a Samaritan, an outcast, how is it that you would do that? Do you know, I, we live in a weird world, don't we? Have you ever noticed, I think when we get to heaven, there'll be a lot, well, no, whatever that is, I think there'll be a lot of people who'll be going, I think there's a lot, you, you can go, str- you, you can, you walk down the road, seriously, we've lost connection with people. We've actually lost connection. And it'll get worse. You walk past people, they don't even notice you, they bump into you. Like. Well, I mean, actually, there's no mobile home, phones in heaven, so we should be all right. But we, they probably communicate in a different way anyway, but... We're living in a disconnected world. And in the end, we need to find people and how to connect to them. This is what Jesus then says. He says, listen to this. Now, if you signed mine of my forms and you made a commitment of your life, you would know something. He didn't say that. If you knew the gift, if you knew, if you knew people out there, if you just knew what this is all about, if you knew the gift and who it is who's talking to, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Not a doctrinal statement of faith, not tick boxes, Not I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. I would give you living water. Something would come up inside of you that would spring up. Living water. And sometimes it takes a while to get the living water to bubble up because there's so much disappointment, there's so much hurt, there's so much pain in people. And this woman is sort of on a a knife edge. She's on the between. Is this natural or spiritual? What are you on about? So then Jesus says this. Now, years and years and years and years and years ago, because I'm that old, I was in the Church of Scotland speaking with some leaders, and I said this, you will not convince me that this woman had had five husbands. Something tells me that's not true. I finally found the answer. I had eight, but I had eight guys walk out, by the way. Of course she has. She's had five husbands. No, 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 no. The Aramaic word is balam. You have five powers that control you. You have five powers that influence you. Five husbands. But you had five powers that dominate you. You've all got them. You've got five husbands. I've got five husbands. I've got five powers. It's what I see, what I hear, what I touch, what I handle, what I sense. Five senses. And you take those away because God is trying to move us out of cerebral Christianity. All in the brain. If you tick this box, tick this box, tick this box, and he's trying to take us to a place where when I take all that away, who am I? Who's I? Who are you? You're not 
Anne, oh, I don't know. No, no, that's not Anne. That's just, that's just a thing she's stuck in. That's not Anne. That's a very pretty thing. Saved by the bell. <laughs> no, seriously. Who's I? Who's I? And by the way, you know, if we're going to really understand this, and one of the things that shocks me is people don't really understand death at all. They go, so do you, um, have you ever grieved over your, no. Why? Well, my arm is still around. It's just in a different room. Because Jesus gave us eternal life, abundant life, abundant life. Not when we get to it, when we die, we'll go to heaven and have eternal life. Sorry to disappoint you, that ain't going to happen. You're more likely to come back here in a different form. I won't go down that route. <laughs> How do you think it was that all of a sudden when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, Elijah and Moses are chatting to him? They were dead. Oh, I don't know, perhaps they weren't. Perhaps we go, hi there, how are you doing? Eternal life. I am come that you might have life and eternal life. We put even put eternity into the future rather than that you have a quality of life here and now. Here and now. If you knew, if you knew this gift, not of... I have made a decision to follow Jesus and I have ticked my box and now I'm saved. Glory to God. I hope you're living it. I hope you're enjoying it. Well, I don't know about enjoying it. It's very difficult. You know. Hey, eternal life. Stuff that makes you skip. Something that makes you roll. Something that overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. It shocked me the other day because I read my Bible occasionally. Jesus said these words, in the world you will have trouble. Oh, face it. Don't, you're not going to do anything about all that. That's not what it is. In the world you will have trouble. But be, don't be afraid. I have overcome the world. And he breathed on them and said peace to you. That is the Christian life. That's not getting worried with all that's going on in the world, and it's not hiding what's going on in the world, but it's to recognize we have a Savior who has overcome the world. In the world, you will have trouble. Sorry, I can't preach a different gospel. It'll be tough sometimes, but hey, you'll always find there's a breath. You need to, well, we could talk about the breath sometime. Take a deep breath. Oh, there he is. And he breathed on. What was it like to feel the breath of Jesus? <sighs> he breathed on them. And it says in, in, it says in Genesis, God breathed on man and he became a living soul. Breath. Breath. We used to sing that song, probably still, Breathe on me, breath of God. And the trouble is we'd sing the song. What a, breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love what you love, do love and do what you would do. We can only do that with his breath, not my breath. Right? 
if you knew the gift and who it is. We have to learn something fresh of the Spirit. Not charismatic, not Pentecostal, not Latter-day, not this, that, and the other. We have to learn something fresh of the Spirit of God. Something fresh. The breath of the Spirit. He breathed on them. Jesus says to that woman, point number nine, by the way, we won't be long. The Lord bless you and keep you. Just this one. The Lord, he says this. You've had five husbands. You've got five senses. And I'm saying to every single one of you, I have. My mother, I don't know whether you've ever had a Christian mother. They're lovely Christian mothers. But they always want to get their kids saved. Especially when the visiting speaker comes. And we used to have the best, did you ever have a best room? And I used to hear my mother say to the visiting speaker, my problem with my son is it's in his mind, you know. <laughs> Seriously, it's in his mind, you know. He, he just won't come to the Lord because it's in his mind, you know. Like I was some goo you know. I used to feel like, I'm not an idiot. But she's right. I've got a problem with this. Does anyone else have a problem with this? You know. I think, oh, oh, do I think. You talk to some of my friends, I think the problem's in his mind, you know. I'm, just, I'm still releasing myself from that one. <laughs> Something, you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with is not your husband. The one, you see, the moment I take away all your senses, if I take away everything, you begin to find out who you are. Because you're not your body, you're not your senses, You'll find out, you'll find out this when you die, by the way, or you'll find out that actually you're still alive. Does that work out? I had a car accident 50 years ago now. I was in the safest place in the world. I was driving behind a police car. And I was driving behind this police car, and uh, I noticed that there's a sports car, Mac 1 Mustang, coming up the road, and he skidded across the road, went in front of the police car, and knocked me into the, it knocked, hit my car into the path of an oncoming lorry. And uh, in the end, my car was about the size of one of those tables. And I'm laying in the road, and I thought, oh, this is what it's like to die then. And then I, I always used to have a confession of faith when I played football. I, not a bone would be broken. So I waggled my toes, and I jumped my knees, and I wiggled a bit, and there's a police officer there, and he said, I said, I'm all right, I'll get up. He said, no, you can't do that, mate. He said, the top of your head's hanging off. <laughs> and it was true that the roof of the car, I've got the scars there to prove it, I had 50-something stitches, that the car the she had sheared off my top of my scalp. I remember thinking, oh, this is what it's like to die. I tell you, you won't feel like, oh, oh, oh. You'll, find, you'll find out you're still alive. You're still alive. Actually, they did 50 stitches because I was expecting a baby at the time, which is why I can remember, because my son's 50 years old. I can remember thinking, oh, that's what it's like to die. No. I was still ticking around inside here. Just a little bit of trouble with the head and, and I bit my tongue in half and I lost my teeth. I went to church that night. Because if you go to the body of Christ, you're supposed to get healed. 
Health is in the body. So I went to church that night. I was black and blue, bit my tongue in half. Still got the scars if you want to look, check. <laughs> um, top of my head hanging off, 50-something stitches, internal as well as external. Went to church. Well, what are you doing here, Derek? Well, I'm supposed to get healed here, aren't I? What's that all about? Eternal life. You have eternal life now. I have come, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly now. 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 Not when you die. Right, a couple more points, won't be long. The one you're living with is not your husband. Do you know something? The problem's not your mind. You have the mind of Christ. Work that one out. God has revealed by his spirit, it says, he has revealed to us things, but you, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, what God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit, and you have the mind of Christ. You see, you want to know what goes on in my mind. You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You have a different asset, a different world. That's why you're, you know, not conformed to this world, not conformed to something. Don't feed on some of the stuff there because you're not in this world. Listen to this word then. Woman, the hour is coming and now is. Now is. Fullness, abundant life, now. Why? It now is. Everything that God is belongs to you. Everything. Everything that God is belongs to you. Everything. Everything. It says it in the Bible. God, everything. Life, death, things present, things to come, the present, the future. It all belongs to you. And Apollos and Paul and Cephas and Uncle Tom Cobley and all, and all the celebrities that we want to put into the body of Christ, frankly, they are here not to promote their ministry and not to promote what they're doing. They're here to tell you one thing. I can't get you into the land. What I can do is I can tell you it belongs to you. Health belongs to you. Wholeness belongs to you. It belongs to you because what if Christ has done? Well, how's that going to happen? God is spirit. God is spirit, Jesus says. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There are moments of spirit where you think, oh, that's spirit. There it is. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Not in a tabernacle, not in church. Anywhere, any place, any time, anyhow, God is spirit. 
Oh, she said, I quite like that. I, I quite like this. Well, how do I get this? How do I get this living water? Jesus said these words. I am speaking to you. I am speaking to you. It's the same as the burning bush. I am speaking to you. I am the one who gives living water. This tired, weary traveler, this walker who has walked Jesus, the natural Jesus, is now bubbling up. He is, you can tell he's energized because you can read the stress of the story. He's now energized. I am talking to you. I'm telling you about this living water. I'm telling you how, how it is. It's fantastic. It's incredible. I can give it to you. Oh, really? Give me this water. Give it to me. All right, here it is. Well, how do I get it? You just have a drink. Have a drink. If you look on at the end of the chapter, for, oh, are you right for time? Just checking. If you read the end of the story, Jesus has sat by a well, sent his disciples to the takeaway, and when he comes back, the day come back, they go, what's going on here? How is this man so energized? He's just done a 20-mile walk. How is it that he's so vibrant? How is it that he's so physically alive? Has somebody given him something to eat? And Jesus says this. It's wonderful. I have meat to eat. You don't know what. I have meat to eat. You don't know. I have something inside me. You guys need to get it as well. You, you'll, you'll do your 20-mile walk, but I have meat to eat. You don't know. I have meat to eat that you don't know. And your body can physically be charged and enlivened and enriched and quickened. Why? Because in the end, I have meat to eat you don't know. And here's the amazing thing. Here's the amazing thing. Jesus says, she then says, because you see, if you lift up the Christ... I won't go into that, but anyway, if we lift up the Christ, Jesus said, if you lift me up, not just as a tired traveler, some mystic figure, but you really raise up the Christ, you will draw all men. You will draw all men. And all of a sudden, this woman says, now, I don't read that she's had a tract. I don't read that she's had her Bible. She's just met a man. Could this be the Christ, the Savior of the world. My gospel's changed. We won't go into any controversial. So, well, I no, I won't. Um, but my gospel's changed. I want to say Jesus is the Savior of the world. You don't have to tick all the boxes. You just have to meet him. And you'll find your life changed. And you'll find things bubbling and something. I have meat to eat you don't know of. I have meat to eat you don't know of. If, so, let me just finish. So here we are by this place called beer, which I quite like the idea of beer. What, what do I do? Just drink. Jesus in John chapter 7, is it John 7? John 7? Yes, John 7. No, yes. Yes, it is John. John 7. 
It says this, these words. On that day, the great day of the feast. You need to read all that. There's some Bible scholar. Nigel, you're a Bible scholar. Will you just give them to the rest of them? On the last day of the feast. The last day of the feast was the big shebang. It was everything. They poured out water down the temple steps. And, they, and if it says this. That last day of the feast, great multitude of people. It says this. Jesus says, stands there with a loud voice. He says, if any of you are thirsty, come and drink. And out of your inner being will flow rivers of living water. Future belongs to us. And I want to tell you very clearly, we're in a new season. We're in a new season, a fresh season. And in the end, the future of the church is to be found in John chapter 4. Amen. Thus saith the Lord. Well done. Three minutes past. That's good, Derek. Thank you, Derek. I've, um, it's been wonderful to sit with uh, Derek this week, and then he was up a few uh, days in the end. End of November, sometime like that anyway. It's been wonderful to sit and talk with him and share with him and listen and catch his heart on where we're at in this season. And um, so tonight we just wanted to give opportunity for more of us to be able to do that um, and to be together and to be able to ask. As he said at the beginning, he's talked a lot with Paul and Corinne and with us. He knows it all, as he said, because uh, he's talked a lot and heard a lot and we've shared a lot. So... Um, yeah, tonight, I think we'll be downstairs, because it'll be a little bit warmer down there, which might be nice. Uh, I don't say it'll be warm, but I say it'll be warmer, so feel free to bring a blanket, or if you, whatever else you need. Uh, but we're just going to have a time of sharing together, and uh, we'll look back, and we'll look forward, and we'll share together, and you can hopefully find some clarity, if that would be helpful for you. We'll hopefully find some, well, we will find some clarity together, not hopefully, we will, because that has been... Uh, Fair night's experience, and um, yeah, as we were talking yesterday, I said uh, every time I've kind of met with Derek, Fair and I both come away just going, oh. and our heart is that you, if uh, this morning, if you're with us this evening, would also feel the same. That's our heart. Um, so just finally, before we go, uh, we do uh, want to send Derek away with a gift because we want to bless him. Um, so if you're able to sew into that, then you can do it just online by the user thing, or there is the card machine, or the cash at the back, or if you've got anything to fund what we do normally, that would be wonderful as well. Um, but other than that, I think we are done. You absolutely can. At one time in my life, I would have said, well, let's all come. You want to have a drink? Come, 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 come to me. That's not what John 4 is. John 4 is simply this. You go home, sit in an armchair quietly if you can, 
and say, thank you. Meister Eckhart, not Eckhart Tolle, Meister Eckhart says this, if there's one prayer you ever want to pray, just say thank you, Father. It's not, I've done all that, you know that, you know me well enough. I've done all the wish, bang, crash, wallow. It's not where it's at. I want you to drink. I want you to experience that living water. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. And it will spring up. Did you notice what Jesus said? If any man drinks of this water, if you sit in your armchair and go, thank you, you'll find something bubbling up inside you. It will be a well of water bubbling up inside you, refreshing you, quickening <laughs> bubbling up. No big effort, no big boom. Bubbling up. Bubbling up inside. I've done that. And of course, sitting and drinking is just another way of saying, resting with Jesus. It's just a continuation of where we're at. Because as Derek says, it's time to learn to drink from your own well. And really, anybody who stands up here, their job is to help you drink from your well. It's to help you clear out the stones and the mud that are blocking your well so you can drink even deeper. It's not to provide an outpouring so you can drink of their well. It's to teach you how to get a bucket, lower it down and sub well so that you can take that bucket and give it to somebody else to teach them how to drink from their well. Amen? Amen. Okay, bless you all. Thank you for being with us if you've been with us online as well. Bless you.